Why don't you grab your Bibles? Who brings a hard copy Bible to church? <laughs> oh, Chris Smith. Ouch. Ouch. See, Pastor Andrew and Rachel away, and everyone's just like, you know, yelling out and praying before the preaching, and it's all just, Pastor Andrew, I'm sorry, I don't, hey, you left me here. Not, I wasn't not in charge, or I'm not in charge, God's in charge, but um, who loves the presence of God? Hey, Pastor Ruth shared in the prayer meeting about how if we're not abiding in God, then all our efforts and all our, you know, what we're trying to do, it's not going to conquer anything, do you know what I mean? Like of eternal value anyway. Uh, and the Bible says, what's the Bible say? Do not store up treasures here on earth where moth and dust can eat them but store up treasures in heaven, you know? And uh, so that encouraged me. I hope it encouraged you. Um, what time is it? Awesome. You guys haven't even started the timer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Suckers. No, stop it. Is that enough light, Chris? Is that good, mate? You good? Do you want me to get a spotlight a little bit more? Tate? Tate's like, it's ruining the atmosphere, man. Hey, God, God loves it. Hey, turn with me to the book of Luke and also the book of Acts, and also the book of Leviticus. <laughs> that's a nice little, that's like a, what, how could you preach out of Luke, Acts, and Leviticus? Well, just wait, I'm going to attempt to do it. Is it okay if we read a bit of scripture today? You know, uh, it's funny, I heard a preacher say once that a pastor apologizing for reading a lot of scripture in his sermon is like a chef apologizing for cooking your meal that you ordered so um, we're going to read a bit of scripture, if that's all right, and uh, we're going to start in Luke uh, chapter 22, and I just want us to unpack a little bit of what's going on in these Bible stories and relate it back to basically the power and the miracle-working God that we serve, amen. Um, Mark, is it okay if I share that, what you shared with me earlier? Awesome. So Marg has, um, Marg Arnott, uh, she asked a few weeks ago um, about a prayer need um, that was in relation to someone that she knows that's got a, this back pain and it was stopping him from being able to work and that was causing a lot of issues. So we prayed and believed and we've continued to pray and believe and just this week, just gone, he's been able to go back to work, no pain, finish shifts, no issues. Like, So we serve a miracle working God. And this, you know, Pastor Ruth shared uh, on her Facebook during the week this song called House of Miracles, and it is Go Home Today. Uh, Judy Hutch is being slayed in the spirit right now. Get her, Lord. Get her. Um, and so let's abide. Let's abide, not just on Sundays. You know, it's easy to abide on Sundays, isn't it? Really, like, let's be honest. It's easy to abide on a Friday night at youth or a connect group during the week, but it's, you know, it's Monday morning before work. It's in the car when the, you know, traffic lights are being from the devil, you know, like it's, it's those moments where we can, you know, all right, God, what am I going to focus on? I was in the car wash the other day. Who, dri who goes through the drive through car wash? Who's the, yep. Yeah, I see that hand. Who's like properly anointed and washes it yourself at the car wash though? Not at your house, like still at the car wash. Now, where's the real people that wash it at your house yourself with your own products? Yeah, 
you, yeah, there's a special place in heaven for you guys, legit, yeah. Um, <laughs> what's that got to do with the sermon? Nothing, actually, um, and I've got the mic, so. You guys so took time off that timer. <laughs> oh, you guys are hilarious. <laughs> All right, um, what are we doing? I don't know. Um, the book of Luke. Everyone say Luke. All right, we're going to talk about this story. We're going to read a few verses about um, Peter denying Jesus. So it's the end of the book of Luke, basically. Um, we all, most of us know the story. Jesus came, you know, did some pretty cool stuff for three years, and then things got bad. And this is around the time where things are getting bad for Jesus. Well, bad is like perspective. It's good, but you know, in the eyes of Peter, it was getting pretty bad. Um, So, let's read from Luke chapter 22, verse uh, 54, and it says, then they seized him, him being Jesus. Now, I want to stop there. This is going to take a while. Um, They seized him, right? Now, obviously, in the context of this story, they seized him to arrest him, you know, But I want to encourage us today, how often are we seizing Jesus, not to arrest Jesus, but to actually maybe, well, actually maybe to arrest him in our hearts? How often do we seize Jesus? When I read that, that word seized just really um, stood out to me. So I don't, I don't know if that encourages you, but it encourages me to think, all right, well, how, how often am I seizing Jesus with both hands, you know, on a daily basis? So they seized him and led him away, bringing him into the high priest's house. And Peter was following at a distance. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him, Peter, as he sat in the light and looking closely at him, she said, this man also was with him, him being Jesus. But he denied it, saying, woman, woman, he couldn't get away with saying that today, woman, I do not know him. A little later on, someone else said to him, you are also one of them. But Peter said, man, I am not. And after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted, saying, Certainly this man also was with him, for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are talking about. And immediately, everyone say immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed, and the Lord, this is Jesus, turned and looked at Peter And Peter remembered the saying of Jesus, how he had said to him, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Could you imagine that? Like, Peter has just denied Jesus three times, and now he's still in eye distance Proximity, like it says, Jesus turned and looked at him, like bang eye contact. You've just denied him publicly, and Jesus is like looking at you in your in the eyes. Like, yeah, to say that Peter went and wept bitterly probably sums it up pretty good. 
like in that moment, Peter, who Jesus had said, upon this rock, I will build my church. And then next minute, he's denying him publicly. And what's the Bible say? If you deny me publicly, I'll deny you. If you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my, before my father. That's huge. That carries eternal weight. But I'm so encouraged that Peter's story doesn't end with this. How good's that? Peter's story doesn't end here. I want to take a few things out of these verses before we move on. You know, Peter, when Jesus called Peter, when he was a fisherman, he, he, what did he say? He said, hey, leave your nets, leave your boat, come follow me. So where was Peter meant to be? With Jesus. He was meant to follow Jesus. That's where he was meant to be. But we see in these few verses, things started to go wrong for Peter when he was in a place that he wasn't meant to be. He was meant to be following Jesus. But the verse says that Peter was following, so I mean, at least he was still following, which is good, I suppose, but at a distance. Jesus didn't call him to follow at a distance. Jesus called him to follow me. Leave everything. Leave your insurances. You leave your, your boat, which was basically their house. Leave your job. Follow me. But in these few verses, we see that Peter stopped following Jesus. At least from a physical point of view. Jesus was being taken away and instead of having, you know, the courage and the boldness to say, no, I'm with him, I'm a disciple of Jesus, I'm a follower of Jesus and if you're going to take him and arrest him, then you can take me and arrest me too. Instead of saying that, which, hey, I'm not judging him because that. But he wasn't where he was meant to be and it was in the moment of him not being where he was meant to be that bad things started to happen. Because it wasn't until he was no longer following Jesus, it's immediately after that, that the servant girl saw him. So, if Peter had have been following Jesus, the servant girl would never have saw him. Because the servant girl only saw him when he went and took a seat among them. That's what the verse says. So, where, where are we sitting who are we sitting around? Who are we following? Uh, is, is Jesus going down a, a path that he's called us to follow, but we're saying, that's pretty uncomfortable. Like I might get, you know, well, for Peter, arrested, beaten, even possibly crucified himself. And Peter made that decision that that is too uncomfortable for me to follow, so I'm going to go this way and surround myself with, you know, people um, and pl- in, a, in a place that God hasn't called me to be in. And it's funny that that is where the tragedy starts to take place of his denial of Jesus. I want to now jump to uh, skip forward a bit so, um, obviously, if you've read your Bible much, you'll know that Jesus goes before the council, goes before Pilate, gets sentenced to be crucified, is crucified, dies, uh, raises again on the third day, and then the book of Acts starts, 
And Jesus is with his disciples. Um, whoa, the book of Acts, it's where things get fiery. Um, Acts chapter 2, to be specific. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we all know what happens in Acts chapter 2. <sighs> Come on. Um, but I want to talk about this because in Acts chapter 2, Jesus told them, go and wait. All right, go and wait. I'm going to send my Holy Spirit to you. All right, go and wait. So they were all waiting. There was a bit of stuff that happened. Like they, um, what did they do? They replaced Judas in between all that. So that's cool. But we're not focusing on that today. When the day of Pentecost came, this is uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together. Everyone say, all together. In one place. Say one place. You know, it's important that we gather together. And Neil, we love you guys. We love that you guys can gather together at the hub and tune in. Love you guys in Neil. But it's important that we gather. And yes, when there's seasons or times where maybe we can't gather physically, it's still important to gather digitally. Even though it's annoying and it's frustrating and it's not the same, it's still important. You know, the Bible says, do not forsake gathering together. The Bible also says that Make sure you encourage and exhort each other daily so that you do not become hardened of heart. You know what I think is one of the first steps of, of someone um, falling away? Is they stop coming to church. Don't stop coming to church. Don't, don't stop coming to church. Um, so anyway, back to this. Acts chapter 2 verse 1 says, When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly, everyone say, suddenly, there came from heaven like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Amen to the wind of God. Divided tongues as fire appeared to them and rested on each of them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Mm, that is good. That is good. So... If we continue to read on in the story, we see that the disciples and those that were with them filled with the Spirit, right? And then Peter gets up. And it's like, all right, Peter, last time I read about you, or not the last time, but recently, you are not on such a great track record. Here's Peter again. Is he, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to deny Jesus some more, or what's the go? What's happening here? But no, that's not what he does, is it? If you've read the story, what's he do? He gets up and he lifted up his voice and addressed them. Now, we're not going to read through it all, but he preached a sermon basically on the day of Pentecost. And he said things like, In the last days, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh, not just a few people not just the elect, all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Even your male and female servants in those days, I'll pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. Spirit of God has no prerequisites you don't have to go to Bible college for three years. You don't have to be a male. You don't have to all flesh. 
So these are a few of the things that Peter's preaching about. And um, at the end, 3,000 people were saved. 3,000 people. So Peter's gone from denying the Christ in front of him to being filled with the Spirit, preaching a sermon that sees 3,000 people saved. Wow. And it later says that God added to their number daily. So it was 3,000 on that day, but who knows how many it was over the course of time. Now, it continues in Acts chapter 3, Peter and John, they're walking around and they heal a man who was lame. Now, it's not like, all right, young people, it's not lame as in like, you're lame. Like, he wasn't like a loser. It was more, he just couldn't walk. Like, he couldn't really move. Just clarifying. (laughs) Classic. Um, But I love what Peter said. I'm like, who is this Peter guy? I'm like, how did he go from being so wimpy? It's like, don't you dare call Peter the apostle wimpy. Well, look, I'm not saying he's wimpy. I'd be wimpy too. But let's just read. We're blessed with hindsight. So let's, like, he's denied Jesus. And now he's, like, gone past this guy that can't walk and he's like hey man I have no silver I got no gold but what I do have I give to you get up in the name of Jesus he didn't even pray for him this is like you're not sick get up like where has this come from like only a few chapters earlier you were like I don't know Jesus like what is going like God I don't get it I want to be like Peter like this Peter not the God should have changed Peter's name too, like he did with Saul. That would have been cool. Anyway, I'm not telling you what to do, God. So, Anyway, get to the point. This is the point. Is this good? Is this kind of... I'm just trying to... This is something I've been messing with in my head a little bit. So now we're getting to the point a little bit. In chapter 4... Come on, sister or brother. Don't know who said it. Sorry. Um, chapter 4... And we're going to read a few verses now. So basically, that's what's, what, what we've just talked about, that's, what hap- that's what's happened so far, all right? Peter's pre- Pentecost, you know, Peter preaches a sermon, 3,000 saved, then he heals this lame guy, he preaches another sermon, and now Peter and John, uh, they're in a little bit of trouble with the authorities. So let's read this. Chapter, um, Acts chapter 4 says... And as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captains of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they, were, and they, were arrested, they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word... Um, the word believed, and the number of men came to about 5,000. Now, verse 5 <clears throat> On the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem uh, with, with Aeneas and the high priests, and Cephas and John and Alexander, and all who were in the high priestly family. And when they had set them in their midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name did you do this? 
Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel, by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well." This Jesus, come on, is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has now become the cornerstone. Come on, church. Who remembers that song? Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love. Hallelujah. Um, Verse 12 says, There is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands if you believe it. Hey. Woo. We haven't even got to the best bit yet. Mm, Save the best for the last. Verse 13 says, Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. Yep, John's there, hanging out. Um and perceived that they were uneducated, common men. They were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Can people recognize when you've been with Jesus? Can people actually recognize when you've been with Jesus? I preached about this Friday night at youth and I talked about how there is two reasons why people in your world may not recognize that you've been with Jesus. And the first one is, is that you haven't been with Jesus to start with. Pretty obvious one, you know? And when, like, and second, we'll come back to that. Second, I can't remember what the second one was. Oh, what is it? No, I think I remember it. I'm minus one minute. It's 11.40. That's all right. Um, it was, oh, that's it. Thank you, Jesus. He'll bring back remembrance to you. Um, it's the, uh, the second reason why some people may not recognize that you've been with Jesus is because the fire that he set in you when you were with him, you've allowed it to be fuzzled out by the worries and the cares of this world. And I want to quickly compare, because this is so good, Acts 4.13 with Luke 22. So let's look at this real closely. So Peter has been asked two questions, right? Basically the same question twice. Once by a servant girl in Luke and once by the Jewish leaders in Acts, right? And the question basically is, who are you following? Are you, are you following Jesus? That's pretty much the question that they're asking, all right? It's not word for word, but that's basically the, the vibe. The first time he's asked that, his response, and it says in the Bible, Peter said, man, I am not. Okay? The second time he's asked the question, 
it says, Acts 4, 8, Then Peter, filled with the Spirit, said, Yes, I am. Yeah, basically. Jesus. He goes on this, basically a rant. Jesus, the stone that you crucified, like he is so bold in front of these people that have just killed Jesus. I just sentenced him. The people that he was afraid of earlier in Luke. Now he's like standing up to him and declaring the, the truth and the, the spirit of God. And, it's be, and I believe it is because he's filled with the Holy Spirit. What happened in Acts 2, because I was reading this earlier this week and I'm like, what happened to Peter? What happened to him? He's gone from like, I don't know him. I don't like, who is it? Are you with Jesus? No, nah, man, I don't know. He's gone from that to like, are you with Jesus? Are you following Jesus? Like, you sure am and you, you need to and all of the world needs to and he's super bold. I'm like, what happened in between? And the thing that I could not uh, go past was, well, one thing that happened was Pentecost. And I don't know, that's maybe a bit important. I'm like, hmm, okay. So maybe this matters. <laughs> and coming back to what I was saying before about how they, they recognised you know, they recognize that he'd been with Jesus. Can people recognize um, when you've been with Jesus? Have you been with Jesus to start with? And are you intentionally ensuring that the fire that he sets in you, that Pentecostal spirit of God, fire, is not being put out by the cares and the worries of this world. It's a challenge, church. But I want to, what, what, what did Peter do? Well, one, he positioned himself for a miracle, didn't he? He positioned himself in the upper room, with surrounded, and he, and, he, and he put himself in a place where he was meant to be. Jesus said, go and wait. And he did that. He was in the place that he was meant to be. And that was when God poured out his spirit. Number two, what did Peter do? He didn't stop when it got hard. It would have been easy for Peter, after he denied Jesus, to be like, well, maybe I'm not who maybe Jesus thought, or maybe I'm not who I thought. Maybe when Jesus said, you know, upon this rock I'll build my church, maybe he got it wrong, you know. Um, no, no. Peter messed up, made a mistake, but he kept walking, he kept going, he kept going, he didn't give up, don't stop church, don't give up, keep going, keep trusting, keep believing, don't, 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 don't stop, even when the tough gets, when the tough gets going, when the going gets tough, the tough get going, we got we to be tough, we got to have some grit to our spiritual life. We've got to have some, some spiritual resistance training. Come on. Number three, Peter didn't do it alone. I might get the band back up just to, and we'll just finish up in a minute. But, um, yeah, Peter, he didn't do it alone. He didn't do it alone. Don't do it alone, church. Peter was, when Peter was alone, that's when things went bad. When he was alone... 
and the other disciples and Jesus and weren't there, that's when he went, you know, off the beaten track. But when we are, that's why the Bible says in Hebrews, exalt and encourage one another daily. You know, before the service today, I was just, I was, I was, you know, I had, a, I had a burden on my heart for the word that I felt like God wanted to share today, and I pray it's encouraged you. And, but I was feeling, I was feeling like, man, you know, I was feeling it a bit. Is that all right? Um, and, you know, and so what I did was I'm like, well, I'm not going to do this alone. So I got on my phone, I text a bunch of pastor friends from around Victoria and stuff, and I text a bunch of them, and like four or five of them all replied back saying, Greg, you got this, bro. Go for it, man. You got this. You know, you're, you're a son of God. You're a child of God. You're anointed. Go for it. You know, we need to do that, church. If, you're in a, if, you're a, if there's a day where you're having a terrible day at work, text someone. Call someone. Text your connect group leader. Text one of the pastors. We want to be there for you. Don't do it alone. We're not called to do this life alone. And number four is that Peter did it in the strength of the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the Spirit of God. And I want to end with this one last Bible verse. In Leviticus, I said we're going to read something out of Leviticus and we're going to. Leviticus chapter 9, verse 24, and it says, And the fire came from, came out from before the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the pieces of fat on the altar. And when all the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their faces. Don't get me wrong, there is power in us coming to the altar like we did earlier. There is power in that. But it's one thing to come to the altar. It's another thing to get on the altar as a sacrifice. You know, the Bible says that God has called us to present our lives as living sacrifices. We can come to the altar all we want. And don't get me wrong, we should come to the altar every Sunday and believe for fillings of the Holy Spirit. And I'm all about that. But there is something else that shifts when we make the decision to be like, all right, just like Peter did, I believe that that was the game changer for him, was that he wasn't just going to come to the altar and experience Jesus, but he made the decision that I'm going to get on the altar. I'm going to put myself, myself, myself as a living sacrifice on the altar of God and say, God, consume me with your all-consuming fire. Every day, presenting my life to God, come on church, as a living sacrifice to Him so that He can do far more abundantly than all that I could ever imagine, hope or think. Come on church, greater is He that's in me than He that's in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me if I will put my life in His hands, present my life upon the altar of God as a living sacrifice. Come on, why don't you stand this morning? Jesus, we thank You, God. Hallelujah. You are so good, God. You are so great. And we thank You that it is by Your name that we are saved. Not by our works, not by our deeds, not by our abilities, but by Your name, by Your power, by Your strength. Come on, church, why don't you lift your hands? 
God, we praise your name. We thank you that you're in this place today. God, I pray that you will speak to us, empower us, exalt us so that we can be filled with your presence, present our life as a living sacrifice upon the altar of Jesus Christ so that you could do more in us and through us than we ever thought possible. Come on, church. If you believe it, why don't you give him a shout of praise this morning? Jesus, have your way. We are not here to play church games. We are not here to feel the warm fuzzies. We are here to encounter the living King and be empowered to put our lives on the altar. Come on, church. Come on, believe it. Why don't you sing out? Pray something. Sing it out. Hey, thank you, Jesus. Come on.